J-Bone here, and it is time to recap and review the 2023 Australian Grand Prix. We're going to start things off with my award-nominated new segment, Here is the 2023 Australian Grand Prix in 60 Seconds. Max Verstappen started the race first on the grid with his teammate Checo Perez starting the race not even on the grid after he crashed out in qualifying. The Mercedes cars somehow both passed Max Verstappen not long into the race, and right as Lewis was passing Max, Lance Stroll yeeted Charles Leclerc into the gravel and ended his race. Alex Albon was somehow P6 in a Williams until he went into the gravel, which brought out the race's first of three red flags. Unfortunately for Russell, he'd pitted from first just before the race was red flagged, which ruined his race. Max unsurprisingly retook first place not long after. To add insult to injury, soon after, George Russell's car went full Rocket League boost, which knocked him out of the race. Most of the middle of the race was just Sainz and Checo making their way through the field, and then the real chaos began with Kevin Magnussen hitting the barrier and exploding his tire and also injuring a fan, bringing out the second red flag with just two laps remaining. On the restart, Sainz hit Alonso, Logan Sargent hit Nick DeVries, the Alpines hit each other, and Lance Stroll beached it, presumably in search of some lobster. This brought out another red flag, and then the race ended like it started with a low-speed driver parade, except one that had eight less drivers than the first one. J-Bone! And by the way, I am joined today, as always, by producer Jeff, who is on the Formula Bone pit wall. Producer Jeff, radio check. Loud and clear, J-Bone. In the preview, do you remember how I said that I thought there was a risk of a kangaroo getting on the track here at the Australian Grand Prix? Uh, well, at the Formula Bone pit wall, uh, we've had some problems, and I'm, I'm in a pouch right now. Now, let's dive into all of that in a bit more detail. In my Australian Grand Preview, I gave you four storylines to follow for the 2023 Australian Grand Prix. Now, let's see how those shaped up. The first storyline to follow was, I think Aston Martin are about to have the greatest single race comeback of all time. And while I admittedly wouldn't call it the greatest single race comeback of all time, Aston Martin's development has been crazy to watch. At last year's Australian Grand Prix, Neither Aston Martin car finished in the points, and only one even finished the race. At this year's Australian Grand Prix, though, not only did both cars finish the race, but Fernando Alonso finished on the podium in P3, and his teammate, Lance Stroll, was right behind him in P4. That is some pretty insane year-over-year -year improvement. If you'd told me right after the 2022 Australian Grand Prix that Aston Martin would be on the podium at the 2023 Australian Grand Prix, I would have said, man, Sebastian Vettel must have had a phenomenal drive. Great, now I'm sad. Speaking of sad, your second storyline to follow was how will Carlos Sainz perform at the Australian Grand Prix? And oh, brother... Carlos Sainz was literally crying in his car at the end of the Australian Grand Prix, and here's why. After starting the race P5, Sainz dropped down to P11 after his first pit stop, and then made his way back through the field to where he was P4 on the grid for the race restart with just two laps remaining. However, on the first lap of this restart, there was some Spaniard-on-Spaniard Spaniard action, and Sainz collided with Fernando Alonso in what many viewed as your classic first lap racing incident, but what the stewards apparently viewed as a malicious felony. They handed Sainz a five-second time penalty, and while it's debatable whether or not Sainz deserved a penalty of some sort, especially considering Alonso's race didn't even end up being impacted, everybody can agree that the punishment Sainz got definitely did not fit the crime. 
A five second penalty is not a five second penalty when the race is effectively ending behind the safety car. Signs finished the race P4, but because the cars were all bunched up behind the safety car at the end of the race, this five second penalty dropped Carlos Signs down to P12, which was literally last place of all race finishers. For comparison, the gap between P4 and P12 at the Bahrain Grand Prix was 50 seconds and at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix was 45 seconds. So Sainz's five second penalty was more like 10 five second penalties. And that is why he was understandably crying at the end of the race. All you can say here is pain. And by the way, speaking of pain, you can pick up this Pain F1 Team shirt, this Pain F1 Team hat, and this Pain F1 Team mug, and a bunch of other Formula Bone merch like this shirt right, this shirt right here. Right, this, yeah, you see that kind of? Okay, yeah, that shirt at the Formula Bone shop. Link in the description. J-Bone! Your third storyline to follow was how will McLaren rookie Oscar Piastri perform at his first ever home Grand Prix in Australia? And Ozzy, 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 oi, oi, oi. Australian driver Oscar Piastri finished in the points at his home Grand Prix debut in Melbourne with a P8 finish. What a time and place to score your first career championship points in Formula One. Oscar actually grew up just a few kilometers away from the racetrack, so you just know that this meant a ton to him. Piastri definitely benefited from this race featuring an absurd eight DNFs, but he won't care, and neither will McLaren, who also saw Lando Norris finish in the points for the first time this season with a P6 result. Oscar Piastri, more like Oscar Fastry because that Australian sure drove that car fast. J-Bone! And finally, here's an update on that conspiracy theory going around about Daniel Ricciardo that states that Red Bull only brought him back as a warning to Checo that if Checo starts getting into a heated title fight with Max, they will replace Checo with Daniel Ricciardo. I'm not going to say that Checo was intentionally sabotaging himself in Australia because of this threat and that that is why he started the race from the pit lane and only ended up finishing P5. But if someone else said that, I'd hear them out and, you know, maybe start asking a few questions. Now, here are some new Formula One storylines that popped up during the race weekend that I won't be covering later on during the Bone Phone segment. First, the 2023 Australian Grand Prix now holds the all-time record for the most red flags in a single F1 race with three. A red flag is waved when a race has to become completely halted for some reason. The first red flag was caused by Alex Albon crashing and spraying gravel all over the circuit. This red flag royally screwed over George Russell, who pitted from the lead just before it was waived because he thought it would just result in a safety car period. The second red flag was caused by Kevin Magnussen crashing into the barrier and having his right rear tire explode, which actually resulted in a fan being hit by a piece of debris from Kevin's car. And you can't make this up. The guy who got hit didn't even get to keep the debris because some rowdy Aussie F1 fans snatched it from him. And the final red flag was caused by two separate incidents, Logan Sargent crashing into Nick DeVries and Pierre Gasly crashing into his teammate Esteban Ocon, with all four of these drivers' races ending with under two laps remaining in the Grand Prix. That is brutal. 
After this third red flag, the race wouldn't end up resuming under normal racing conditions, and I will explain that here in a second, so stay tuned. Second, let's all take a second to fully appreciate the Australian Grand Prix's chaotic results. Lewis Hamilton earned his first podium of the season by finishing P2, making us all believe Mercedes might actually be back. Lance Stroll finished in the top four for the first time since 2020. Checo finished P5 all the way up from starting in the pit lane. Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri both scored theirs and McLaren's first points of the season. Nico the Ferrico Hulkenberg finished P7 in a Haas as he continues to further silence all his doubters and haters, of which there are many. Joe Guan Yu continues to flex on his experienced teammate Valtteri Bottas. And Yuki Tsunoda managed to sneak into the points at P10 just as he was about to break the record for the most consecutive 11th place finishes at four. Just so you know, all this chaos happened because I, J-Bone, did the chaos dance before the Grand Prix, which is my way of calling upon the chaos gods to bring about chaos, and folks, it worked. I will make sure to continue doing the chaos dance before every race this season. J-Bone! Uh, hey, J-Bone. Uh, this, uh, this kangaroo's telling me to have you box for an ad read. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. Something I love about Indeed and the reason I use it to hire is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because of their amazing matching features. Candidates that you invite to apply through Indeed Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to US Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every single dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash FBone to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash F-B-O-N-E. Indeed.com slash FBone. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Next up, here's how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the 2023 Australian Grand Prix. My first race prediction was that Fernando Alonso would finish on the podium at the Australian Grand Prix, and ding ding, J-Bone got that one right. J-Bone! The FIA were not taking this podium away from Alonso. In fact, you could kind of make a case that this one was kind of handed to him. Maybe the FIA were trying to make up for what they did in Saudi Arabia. My second race prediction was that Alex Albon would finish in the points at the Australian Grand Prix, and he would have, as he was arguably the race weekend's most impressive driver, and got all the way up to P6 during the Grand Prix in a Williams. Except he proceeded to bin it during the race and DNF'd and caused a red flag. But if he hadn't binned it, Albino definitely would have finished in the points, so I'm going to give myself a half point here. Jeba. My third race prediction was that Lewis Hamilton would finish exactly P5 for the third race in a row, and he would have if Mercedes didn't probably cheat, which is the only explanation I can think of for how they magically got good all of a sudden, so I'm going to give myself another half point here. 
and another half J-Bone Jebba. Going two for three one week after going three for three is pretty embarrassing, not going to lie. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed in producer Jeff. But I'm not disappointed enough to write another letter to my fans on my Patreon, not just yet. But again, I'm pretty disappointed. But don't you worry, because I'm going to go three for three with my predictions in Azerbaijan, I promise you. Jaybon! Next up, it is time to respond to some Australian Grand Prix-themed voicemails left on the Bone Phone. If you want your voicemail featured on the Bone Phone, simply call 1-833-200-0966 and leave a message or head to the Formula Bone Discord and submit a voice memo in the Bone Phone Submissions channel there. A Discord invite link is in the description. You should join the Discord even if you don't plan on submitting a call because my Discord is tight. Here's the first call. This is Brett calling from Georgia. I was uh, wondering if you could explain what happened with Fernando after he spun and how he still ended up in P3. I didn't get to watch the race and it confused me. Here's how Fernando Alonso somehow went from 11th place to the Australian Grand Prix podium in under two laps. Fernando Alonso was in third place when the race restarted on lap 57 of 58, but was spun around not long after the restart by Carlos Sainz and dropped all the way down the order until he was out of the points in 11th place when the race was halted yet again due to some crashes. If the race restarted based on what the order was at the end of this 57th lap out of 58 laps, Alonso would have restarted the Grand Prix at P11 and ended up finishing the race out of the points at P11, as there was only one lap left in the race, lap 58, and the formation lap behind the safety car from the pit lane across the finish line would be the lap counting as lap 58 due to F1's rules. However, there is a precedent set in Formula One that was evoked as recently as Silverstone last season that states that if a red flag is waved before the cars make it through the circuit's first sector, the race will be restarted using the most recent official classification, which would be the grid order used at the previous race restart. And this is what happened in Australia and is how Fernando Alonso went from P3 to P11 and back to P3 all in under two laps. Next call. Hello, Jaybun. I hope you're doing all right. I wanted to ask you about the Leclerc Stroll incident. Do you think that that should have been a penalty awarded to Stroll? Because science got awarded a penalty for hitting Alonso, and it kind of looks similar to me. I'm not sure. In my opinion, the stewards got it right, because Lance Stroll did not deserve a penalty for his collision with Charles Leclerc. While Leclerc was ahead of Stroll on track, it certainly wasn't Leclerc's corner as Stroll had the inside line and was alongside Leclerc. Stroll was then turned into by Charles Leclerc, who could have ceded the position to Stroll by just waiting to turn in until Stroll turned in, but Leclerc decided not to. Furthermore, Lance really couldn't give Leclerc any additional space, even if he wanted to, as he was being pinched by his teammate Fernando Alonso. Now, the signs incident was a lot different in my opinion, as it's very clear that Alonzo was ahead of signs in that corner, and that it was signs taking too much speed into the corner that caused him to collide with Alonzo. However, that five second penalty that signs was given is still very messed up. Hashtag justice for signs. Next call. Hey there, bone phone. This is uh, Michael from Austin, Texas. This is a tough race. Uh, 
my guy Pierre Gasly felt like had uh, the race of the Alpine career thus far and felt he kind of deserved the uh, P5, even though it would have been a nice little race with Stroll there at the end. Well, Michael, if Pierre Gasly wanted to finish in the top five, he probably should have checked his mirrors and not crashed into his teammate, J-Bone. Subscribe now so that I can see you back here for my Azerbaijan Grand Preview, where I will give you everything you need to know before you watch the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, including J-Bone's fide race predictions. And if you enjoyed this content and want more right now and all F1 season long, just $5 a month on patreon.com slash formulabone gets you two additional Patreon-exclusive videos per month access to my weekly written F1 column where I put my most wild and unfiltered takes and more. And most importantly, your support on Patreon helps make it so that I can keep making Formula One content full time. So go check out patreon.com slash formula bone now for even more F1 content. Special shout out to my top Patreon supporters, Colkey, at Rated Bookie, and Glow. Until next time, folks, J-Bone. Uh, J-Bone, do you think maybe you could help me? I'm stuck. J-Bone!